the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Folks, welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show. I shouldn't tell you this, but Eric hired someone who sounds just like him to host today's show. But since I'm the announcer, they told me, so I'm telling you, don't be fooled. The real Eric's in jail. Hey there, folks. Welcome. Uh, I am on the TBN set here at the NRB, uh, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. I have as my guest right now uh, a friend, Pastor Alan Jackson. Pastor Alan Jackson, welcome. It's good to be with you again, Eric. I've been on your podcast a bunch of times. You've been on this program a bunch of times, but I'm in your neck of the woods now. I'm in I'm in Nashville. Your church is, world uh, outreach is in Murfreesboro. How far are we from Murfreesboro here? About 30 minutes. About 30 minutes. All right. Um, I know I'm coming back here uh, at the end of April for a conference. Should we start talking about that? Because sure, I, we I had well forgotten. Start. I've got so much going on, and I realized I get to come back and I get to hang out with you. We're doing a conference on culture and Christianity. Uh, you're going to be there, Ali Stuckey, Brandon Tatum, Kurt Cameron. It's really a whole host of people. And we're really trying to help that, a, a bit of a younger group than we typically watch TV in, try to understand how to engage our culture with their faith. And so we thought your voice was a perfect part of that. I'm the oldest young guy they could get. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's a wonderful thing when people talk about culture and Christianity, because it's funny, you know, when people ask me, what has God called me to, it's to the culture, right? I mean, I talk politics, I talk theology, but the culture, right? And if That's I had where the gospel's supposed to go. I mean, you remember in the 90s that, you know, these T-shirts that said it's the economy stupid, you know, like I would be, I would have a T-shirt that said, is the culture stupid? It's the culture. We've got to be speaking into the culture. So let's, let's talk about that. What does it mean to speak into the culture as Christians? Well, I think for those that have a voice in the Christian community, first, we've got to climb over this, um, I believe, completely illegitimate barrier that we shouldn't talk about culture. They say we're being political. It's not political to talk about what's happening in the world around us. It's called being biblical. And so I'm not advocating for parties or I'm advocating for a biblical worldview, and I'm going to have to talk about what's happening in the political realm to do that. Well, it's so interesting. No matter who I'm talking to, it seems we end up talking about the same thing because this is what I believe is on God's heart uh, in America right now is this deception that we're not supposed to be political, and you think, why not? We're supposed to be speaking truth everywhere, and sometimes that's going to be controversial. Sometimes it's going to involve the political. So what? I mean, if you were advocating in—I in, mean, imagine if it was the middle of the 19th century, and slavery is an issue, and you're a Christian, and you say, it is my Christian conviction that for a human being to own another human being is satanic, it is evil, it must be abolished, it has existed 
since time immemorial. But the Lord came into the world to, to change the world, and his people have been changing things over the and now we come to this issue, we need to take a stand against slavery. Christians did that. You wouldn't have had the abolitionist movement if not for Christians. It was mostly Christians that, that were behind the abolitionist movement. But in most Great of Britain the people in the churches didn't. But you had a lot of churches that said, we don't want to get involved in this. We don't want to be controversial. We don't want to be political. We look back on them now and think, what cowards. What bums that, that you're a Christian, you believe in the Bible, and you can't take a stand on that? So we look at it now and we say, well, this is a triumphant moment for those Christians that were outspoken and got political because it's not political, it's moral. It's a, it's a moral issue. Absolutely. But today we have the same thing happen. We have evil rising all around us, and you have the same thing passes from pulpits saying, well, we don't want to do politics. We don't got, um, uh, I mean, we have Christian, renowned Christian leaders telling pastors, John Maxwell recently said, do not get political. And I thought to myself, this is unbelievable. You have Christian leaders who should know better doing the same thing that German pastors did in Germany in the 1930s when they said, we're, we're not, don't speak against Hitler, just preach the gospel in your church. How can you be a believer and not speak against the evil? I mean, that's ultimately, everywhere I go, I'm talking about it. Others are talking about it. I just had Pastor Jack Hibbs on the program. He's talking about it. And, and you're one of those that you do not shrink from this. You, you know you get this. But have you gotten pushback? I mean, because I imagine there's a lot of churches in this neck of the woods that are not willing to, to talk about this stuff. Yeah, not just here, but across the country. But, you know, Michael Jordan rather famously said, both Republicans and Democrats buy shoes, so I'm not going to be political. And I think quite candidly, the Christian leaders have stepped into that trap. They think they can get a broader audience by being a chameleon. If you displease the boss, I don't care what audience you gain, it's not good. But the verse they usually hand me, and they do it with kind of a supercilious, you know, in Acts chapter 1, where they said to Jesus, are you going to restore the kingdom now to Israel? And Jesus deferred. He said, that's really none of your business, but go preach the gospel. The reason he gave him that answer is that question had already been asked and answered. It's in Luke's gospel. Jesus is standing on the Mount of Olives with Jerusalem in front of him, and he said, the day is coming when the Romans are going to build an embankment against you. And they're going to dash the heads of your babies against the stones of this city. He pronounced them under interdict. The kingdom of God is going to be taken away from you and given to another. Jesus had already answered that question. He's not moving the Romans. He had told them the political answer. And what happens is they wanted an Isaiah answer. When Isaiah came to Hezekiah and said, I'll take the Assyrians away. Jesus gave them a Jeremiah answer. The Babylonians are coming and there's nothing you can do. And what I would say to our generation is if we don't have the courage to engage these issues about marriage and family and human sexuality, that we're going to get a God's response that the Babylonians are coming and his judgment will come and it'll be on our heads, not on the heads of the wicked. So, yeah, we not only should we, we have to talk about this stuff. Have you ever thought of becoming a pastor? Because you're pretty... Uh conversant in these things. Uh, it's, I, always, I always forget because when I'm talking to a friend, I forget, you know, you've got this treasury of knowledge that you bring to it uh, because that, that is a, a, a famous passage, uh, obviously, in the Gospels. And there's some people that they sort of, you know, it's kind of human nature, right? You, you pick and choose, you cherry pick, and you build a doctrine that is a false doctrine because you haven't looked at the whole counsel of Scripture. You've just picked these... these so when, when people, I mean, you're getting this now, right? Like you, you get people that if you are 
political, right, which we, we must be. I mean, you've got to advocate for God's values in the public square, and sometimes that's political. As soon as you do that, if they don't like your politics, they say, oh, oh, oh you're being a Christian nationalist, right? And you're thinking, Christian nationalists, what, like George Washington and Billy Graham and, and Abraham Lincoln, like they were Christian? What do you, you know, it's just a term invented to silence the church. Uh, and, and we have to push back, uh, and we, ha- we have to get involved. And obviously, you're doing this conference. Uh, it's at the end of April. Now, if people want to find this, I just want to make sure that uh, people can find it. Where would they go uh, if they can get to Nashville at the end of April? The where, where simplest can they find this way is the website. It's leadwithfaith.church. Leadwithfaith.church. If they go there, they can get all the information, the times. They can see how to register. Leadwithfaith.church. Church. And if they forget that, they can just go to alanjackson.com. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we got, I will be there, Kirk Cameron, my buddy will be there, Kaylee McEnany, Brandon Tatum, Allie Stuckey, and perhaps you. Um, well, this is, as we say, very, very important. Uh, when, when Christians abdicate being involved in the culture— we know what happens, right? Like pagan ideas come in, atheistic ideas come in. The whole idea of critical race theory, that's a Marxist idea. Marxism is by definition atheistic. Um, and so many churches have been unwilling to say this is wrong, that critical race theory is wrong, that the BLM movement is critical race theory, and that we need to stand against it. They've kind of I don't know they've how you put it. They've done something worse. They've advocated for it. Yeah, some churches have advocated for it. What do you make of that as a pastor? I mean, it's a stunning thing. It's a false church. If you put something in front of your allegiance to Jesus, it's a false gospel, and yeah. by definition, that makes you a false church. Not a new idea. It's in our New Testaments. And we've got to have a different kind of courage in the church. COVID, to me, was God hit a reset button. Yeah. And I think we have a window because things that were not as clear to me before COVID. Correct. are very, I trusted the CDC before COVID. I even naively trusted the Justice Department before COVID. A lot of things. But God in his mercy started to bring things that were hidden in the darkness into the light, at least for me. And so there's an opportunity for his people now to respond to the truth that's in the public square. Yeah. And if we do that, I think God will look upon us with mercy. If not, I think we're going to get a different outcome. How do you feel? Well, I feel great. And one of the reasons I believe I feel better is because I take balance of nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule. They've got an amazing story of how this product was developed by Dr. Douglas Howard. It's right there on their website. Balance of Nature receives over a thousand success stories every single month. They have hundreds of thousands of customers who purchased billions of capsules of their fruits and veggies over the past 20 years. You should check it out on their website. Their products are gluten-free and non-GMO, and they contain no added sugars or synthetics. I think if you're looking for something to make you feel better naturally, you should definitely give Balance of Nature a try. In fact, order today. Whether you order online or call them direct, you must use the promo code ERIC to get the special offer of 35% off. Call them at 800-2468-751. And use discount code Eric or order online at balanceofnature.com. Use discount code Eric to get 35% off. 35% off. Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. 
In a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped to your door. You have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time anytime. You'll see transparent pricing on each coin and bar. This puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against the volatile stock market. A true diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. This new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with a few clicks. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. You're going to love this free new tool they've added, Legacy pminvestments.com legacypminvestments.com check it out hi everyone if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault listen up we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I love the idea that you said that COVID was a reset because it really was. It woke up so many people, myself included. It never occurred to me uh, that the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, the WHO, the World Health Organization, that all of these places, they're utterly wicked, utterly opposed to, you know, not just Christian values, but to American values. This was really uh, an opportunity for globalists to get power because they scared people. They said, oh, if you don't listen to us, you're going to die. There's a pandemic. It's like the bubonic plague has been unleashed. And, you know, half of the people are going to die. So you better do this. You better do that. You know, you better hide in your homes. Don't go to church. Church better shut down. All of this stuff, it was unprecedented. We had never lived through this before. We're around the same age. We had never experienced anything like this in our lifetimes. Nothing. So when it happened, you just said, oh, okay, we'll go along with it. President Trump went along with it. Everybody was like, well, okay, we'll just, we'll listen to the experts because we have never lived at a time where the experts were, you know, working for the dark side. We just thought, well, they're just doing their jobs. And it really, it really has woken up a lot of people. God moved in the middle of it. You know, I tell you, I have a concern today. You didn't ask, but the same things that were in place in 2020 seem to me to be in place today. Beginning of 2020, oh, President yeah. Trump was undefeatable. Economy was roaring. He had such momentum, wind in his sails. His second term seemed like a certainty. And we got to about this very week, and we started to hear these rumors about a virus coming from Wuhan. Well, the powers that unleashed all of that have more power today than they had in 2020. Yeah. And Trump has the wind in his sails yeah. and a lot of voices at his back. 
I think we're more than naive if we don't imagine there's disruption in front of us in these next few weeks and months. I don't think it's a virus from Wuhan this time. I'm convinced I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be just as compelling. They're going to use manipulation and fear and propaganda yeah. to drive it, and I think we ought to be listening. Yes, and anybody uh, with ears to hear needs to understand that your job, <clears throat> when they tell you to do this or that, is to tell them to drop dead. Don't listen to them. I mean, I think we have to have, you know, like a warrior spirit. And I, and I kind of think that that's what happened at the beginning of this, the, the last time, is that people kind of thought, oh, I'm just supposed to be nice. I'm supposed to go along with whatever the government is telling me. And we were deceived. That was bad. That was not, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking. That, that was our misapprehension of uh, what the scripture says. We got it wrong. Many, many, many in the church, not you, not Jack Hibbs, not, there's a lot of pastors that got it right, but most Christian pastors got it wrong. And we had a lot of Christian leaders speaking strongly for uh, the CDC, going right along with the Fauci narrative. And, and that every day that passes, the wickedness of that narrative is being uncovered. Right now, we're seeing more and more and more adverse effects of the vaccine. Nobody was... Not only was nobody talking about it, if you tried to talk about it, they shut you down. I was shut down just by asking questions. That ought to be the tip-off. Like, if they're trying Absolutely. to shut you down for asking questions about election fraud, all this controversial stuff, why would they do that if you're interested in the truth? But so many in the church, in the evangelical church, really, it's like they got the memo, no, 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 you're supposed to lie down and just... This is the Christ-like thing to do, is whatever they tell you. And many, many, many in the church got it wrong. So the question is, since then, have enough pastors understood that they got it wrong? Have they repented? And when this happens now, will they get it right? That's the question. What, what is your sense of that in the American church? Well, let's use the same tools you were using with Fauci and the CDC. We watched and paid attention and then tried to understand what we saw. I think the reason we laid down in the church is it didn't matter that much to us. We wouldn't lay down if they closed the liquor store because we needed to go get what we wanted. And so what got exposed was the, the really the low commitment. We were under that Christian umbrella, but it wasn't an essential part of our life. Do I think it's changed? I think it's changed for some people. Um, I'm, I'm very concerned that it hasn't changed in a broad enough way. Yeah. I don't know why we're not, you know, the, the Supreme Court reverses Roe, and I don't see great celebrations in the street. I see protest by people that want more access to abortion. Abortions haven't dramatically diminished. Yeah. I don't see us standing in the street saying, if you mutilate one more of my children in one of your transgender procedures, I'll shut down this medical clinic. I don't see Christian doctors resigning from hospitals where they're doing that stuff. I, I, so I don't really see the evidence that the church, I, I see some evidence, kind yeah. of a, a ripple, a hope, yeah, yeah, a, a whiff. Yeah, yeah. But I would love to hear the thunder of God's people saying no more. And I don't know. I, I mean, I hear Jesus talk about a narrow road and a few people and a yeah, small gate yeah. and a broad road yeah. and a lot of people and a big gate. And I think we have to pray and keep using our voices. I, I so much appreciate what you do. I think, well, thank you. I appreciate what you do, and it's why we're friends. i got to say that, um, you know, we, we put out this film, Letter to the American Church, uh, and I, I say this every opportunity I, I get. LetterToTheAmericanChurch.com is the website. Any church in America could do a free screening of this film. Now, I hope people will go to the website, LetterToTheAmericanChurch.com, and they will pay to watch it at home or whatever. But we made the film— it, ties right into what we're talking about, to 
reach the church and to say, this is the time to stand. What happened in Bonhoeffer's day is happening now. And if you don't stand, history will pass you by and you will be judged. God will, you know, when you think about the German pastors at the time, they thought, just like American pastors today, they thought they're doing the right thing or they thought they had some kind of religious exemption from speaking against evil because they said, it's too controversial. We don't want to be controversial. And they just went along with things. And when you go along with things, evil rises. And that's exactly what we're talking about here, that, that, that Christians need to stand boldly and self-sacrificially say, I'm going to lose my job. God will give me another job. God will feed me and my family. But we've got to stand, and that's not happening. So I say uh, to folks, if you go to lettertheamericanchurch.com, you can sign your church up or you can get your church to sign up for a free screening of the film. Free. It's 100% free. And it's been happening. We've got hundreds of churches have already signed up to do free screenings. But it's, it's the wake-up call because it's exactly what you said. Will enough—this is my question, uh, Pastor Alan Jackson—is will enough churches wake up in time? We have like maybe a year window of opportunity. If people don't wake up now, I am utterly convinced that if you don't wake up now, in two years— it's over. You you have to stand yeah, I agree. now. And and the, the forces of darkness, I mean, you, you know, you just said about what they're cooking up. I mean, what's happened in the last three, four years, enough people have awakened to the idea that, oh, yeah, they would do that because they did it. I mean, you saw it. What, what did you see happen? I mean, you know, how did you process it as it, as it was happening? Well, I think walking in, let me say, if you haven't read Letter to the American Church, you need to not only read it, you need to give away a dozen copies. The good news is if you give it to somebody and they're offended, you blame Eric. <laughs> right. You know, and you can blame me because I prompted you to do it. But it's a, such an important message for this season. I just, I, the last 15 months, I've been in 20 cities talking to pastors and church leaders. And there's a couple of observations I would make. One, in most churches, the center of power isn't the pastor. He's an employee. They've had pastors before this them, and they'll the have problem. pastors after Go ahead. them. Keep talking. The yeah. real center of power is the board, the presbytery. It's the yeah. business people yeah. that are driving that thing. And so to those people, I want to say something. I learned a lesson at Yad Vashem in Jerusalem, the Holocaust Museum. When they updated it, they put a lot of videos of the survivors. And they're telling their story from when the Nazis came in, in the middle of the night and knocked on their doors. And you hear the complete shock in their voice when they're telling the story 50 years later. But what they're saying was, I was the president of the university in Leipzig. I was the head of First Bank of Berlin. And it took me a while to understand that what they were saying is, I thought I was above the fray. Yes, I knew people that had to wear yellow stars, and I knew about Kristallnacht, and I knew what happened. But I thought I had a protected position. And the, the Christian community is filled with people that think they have a protected position. They have a retirement. They have a powerful job in a university or the economic system someplace or in the media. And they don't use their voice for this set of issues. And I'm telling you, they'll come for you in the middle of the night. If we don't stand up while they're attacking our children and putting pornography in our schools... There'll be no voice for you when they come knock in the middle of the night. If the churches are going to change, the business people in the churches have to give the green light for the pastors to have permission to talk about what's happening. Should the pastors be willing to lose their jobs? Perhaps. But most aren't going to. But if the business people will find the courage, the pastors will change. Well, listen, let me just break it down. God is a judge, and God will judge you uh, if you do the safe thing when he's calling you to trust him and not do the safe thing. And, I, you know, I spoke when, 
the book Letter of the American Church hadn't even come out. So this was like August, uh, you know, two years ago. And I spoke at a church uh, on the Jersey Shore. I will never forget this. I will never forget it. When it was over and I'm getting going to my car in the parking lot, the pastor wanted to talk to me. And the pastor said to me, you know, I got to, it's like he wanted to confess something to me. And he basically said exactly what you were touching on. His board of elders had told him not to go to speak. There was like a hearing in town that they were bringing in some really demonic, you know, overly sexualized uh, curriculum into the schools. He felt a compulsion as a pastor to speak against it at this meeting, this public meeting. His board told him, no, we do not want you to go. So he comes to me and he shares this with me, that, that what I had said, I, I guess, convicted him. And I said to him, brother, praise the Lord that you get it now. Hey, folks, there's nothing worse than hearing about people living in pain, which is why I want to tell you about Keith from Washington and his relief factor story. After years of activity from college football to running a martial arts studio at age 51, Keith's body felt like it was wearing out. So he gave Relief Factor a try. Keith says he now has little to no pain in his knees and highly reduced neck pain. Feeling so much better, he pursued a second-degree black belt. Folks, I use Relief Factor. When I forget about it, you know, I go on a trip or something, I notice it. I go for a run, and I have back pain. Uh, It works for me. I recommend it highly to everyone I can. So if you're living with aches and pains, Relief Factor every day. It's a drug-free supplement developed by doctors it's helped so many people take back their lives you got to go to relief factor for their three-week quick start kit only 1995 think of this they're taking a loss because they believe you'll be back visit relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-relief that's 1-800 the number four relief relieffactor.com hey this is eric metaxas for years i've told you about nutramedics a professional supplement brand trusted by doctors since 1993 nutramedics offers a variety of health bundles whether you want to support your immune system improve your sleep promote joint comfort or detoxification support nutramedics has a health bundle right for you the best part about nutramedics every year they donate a minimum of 50 percent of their profits to christian charities and missions that's right 50 percent of their profits nutramedics has a goal of surpassing one 100 million in giving by 2030. Many of you take supplements already. Switch to Nutramedics. It's the highest quality and they donate 50% of their profits. Get 15% off by using the code ERIC during checkout. Go to Nutramedics.com and search health bundles. Support your health while helping others in need. Go to Nutramedics. That's N U T R A M E D I X.com. Nutramedics.com. Use the code ERIC for 15% off. Again, Nutramedics. N U T R A M E D I X.com. Nutramedics.com. Use the code ERIC for 15% off. There are elders and boards of presbytery. These are corporate. Uh, corporate they're thinking in, in this the, the way corporations think. They're not listening to God. And I think, like you're saying, God is speaking to some of those people right now and saying, "You can be a, a voice for me, or you can be a voice for the devil." But if you think that you're taking some safe path, you're sitting on the fence. The devil owns the fence. You're sitting on the fence. That's exactly where the devil wants you to be. And uh, so whether it's a pastor or somebody on a board of elders or I, this is 
it's kind of the tipping point, uh, Pastor Allen. Uh, it's the tipping point right now that we're living in a nation where if enough pastors and Christian leaders will stand for what is right, we can prevail. But we're not there yet. No, I agree. And I, I think I ought to take just a minute. I'm pastor at the end of the day. There's a little pastoral moment here. If we'd been talking about addiction to drugs or pornography or people that have had abortions, I think all of those things are destructive. But I would say to them, you can be free. That's the purpose of the redemptive work of Jesus. Amen. If you'll humble yourself and repent. And if you're listening to this and it agitates you, irritates you, and you're on another side, I would encourage you to get your Bible out and then listen to the Spirit of God. We're not, I'm not, I don't have a message of condemnation for anybody. It's an Amen. invitation to repent. And I think if you feel that way and you missed those opportunities, I, Lord knows I've missed opportunities, but I'm afraid of the boss. And so every day I get down on my knees and I try to review what I've done and invite the Holy Spirit to help me. And you can do that. You can say, Lord, I'm sorry. I wanted the approval of whomever. I wanted to be included in the invitation list for whatever the gala was or I didn't want to be excluded from this or that, or I didn't want my children. I've had business people say to me, I know what's right, but if I say what's right, there could be protest, and that would impact my business. And I have partners, and my partners don't want to have to suffer, so I'm just going to be quiet. That's called cowardice. If you're hiding behind your children because you think if you speak the truth, there will be a consequence for them, you're most likely right. But if you don't tell the truth, I assure you there's a much greater consequence coming to your children. We have got to stand up. And so if you haven't, let's start today and say, Lord, you, the next opportunity you give me, I'll lead with my faith. I got to say, this is so crucial, uh, you know, that if what we're saying is not biblical, then don't listen to it, right? Yeah. Because we're, we're, not, we're not here to advocate for some point of view. It's either what the Scripture says and what the Lord is saying, or it's not. And so I say to people, my book, Letter to the American Church, I wrote it to speak to the people in the middle, not to speak to people who agree with me, to speak to people in the middle that are saying, I'm not sure, I'm confused. I, I, you know, I want to say to them, okay, this is the lesson from history. When you look at what happened, the exact same thing happened in the church in the early 30s, the early 30s. People say, oh, you're talking about Hitler and the Nazis. Why do you have to go there? No, 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 no. In the beginning, nobody knew what, where this was going. They were naive. Uh, they, were, they were just trying to figure it out. They had no idea. Bonhoeffer was trying to get them to see where it's going to go if they don't speak up. And they didn't speak up. And before you knew it, it was over. So now if you want to speak up, too late. You, you, had, you, you had a couple of years early on as Hitler took power. There was enough power in the church, uh, in, in the organized institution of the church in Germany, that if they had enough pastors stood against this, there was no way the Nazis had yet had the power to do anything about it. But they didn't. They dithered. They kind of looked around like, well, uh, they're not coming for me. I, I'm just going to keep my nose clean. And that enabled evil to rise. And that's basically where, where we are now. And obviously, in my book, I try to say, look, that's the lesson from history. And then what does the Scripture say? The Scripture, <laughs> you know the Scripture far better than I do, it enjoins us uh, to be a voice for the voiceless, to speak up. I mean, when you read the Scripture, that, that how many Scriptures say, the Lord's commanding us to love our neighbor. How can you love your neighbor if you have a voice and you're not using it Amen. to speak against all That's of these it. dark doctrines? How can, you, how can you be construing it that you're actually loving your neighbor? So you're pretending to be going along with what God says, but, but you're not. Well, we have some destructive theology. We have this escapist theology that Jesus is coming back and we're going to get rescued out of here. So let's go get some dehydrated food and hunker down and it's not our problem. He said everything was going to get really dark. 
Well, none of us are the keepers of the clock. In fact, Jesus said nobody knows that day or time. The message he gave repeatedly is we have to be busy about the kingdom business until we hear his voice. So I think we start with that. And then I think the courage to engage exactly what you're saying is just so we've got to do something. We've been passive on the sidelines for too long. It's on our head. The problem is not the depravity of the wicked. It's the ambivalence of the faithful. Oh, and we have to change Say that again. That was good. The problem, the problems not, in our culture are yes. not because of wickedness. Yeah. The problem is because of the indifference of God's people. Yeah. yeah that's, you see, and I, if we pull the history closer, you talked about the Nazis and you talked about slavery. Yeah. We can come much closer to home. Yeah. The civil rights movement. Oh yeah. Most of the churches were not on the right side of that. Right. The sexual revolution. When we said, you know, free sex for everybody, the churches stayed silent. We surfed right along with it. Now they're mutilating our children and calling it some new gender. They've discovered something that's never perplexed children is, before. And, and everybody needs to understand, we know that it's madness. Most people know that it is insanity that suddenly, five minutes ago, somebody, we don't know who, said, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a zillion different genders. That is completely fabricated lunacy. And we have Christians unwill. I mean, Christians of all people who read the Word of God, it says we're made in God's image, male and female. That's it. I mean, it's one thing for a non-believer to kind of say, well, maybe science or well, who am I? If you're a Christian and you say this is the Word of God, it couldn't be clearer. And by the way, you don't need to be a Christian to know that a rooster can't lay an egg. Like most people kind of get that. But Christians have no excuse. And how many churches do we know that they're kind of backing away? Well, we don't want to engage. We it's, it's absolute madness. But it's an important message. That has been the pattern of the church since we left Jerusalem. Our God-given freedoms are facing unrelenting attacks. It's a battle for truth, and the only way we win is if we stand together. Thankfully, Alliance Defending Freedom has been defending our rights for 30 years and winning. Right now, they're involved in two critical cases before the Supreme Court. They're suing the FDA for endangering the health and safety of women and girls. And in the second case, they're assisting the state of Idaho to defend its law, protecting the lives of women and their unborn children against the Biden administration's attempt to override the law and force doctors to perform abortions. Think about it. They need your help. With your best gift, you courageously join ADF in fighting critical Supreme Court cases against government lawlessness and help defend our cherished freedoms. Call 855-385-0596 right now or go to metaxastalk.com. Click on the ADF banner, metaxastalk.com. With your help, I pledge to raise $35,000 by March 31st for ADF. Go to metaxastalk.com or call 855-385-0596 to make your best gift now. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. After he invented the world's best pillow, he created the famous Giza Dream Sheets. They're the best sheets you'll ever sleep on. The best night's sleep just got even better. For a limited time, you'll get a queen-size set for $59.98, king-size just $69.98, the lowest prices in history. Mike and the MyPillow employees continue to be canceled by big box stores and attacked by the media. They appreciate all of your great support during these times and want to thank you by giving you the best specials on all their MyPillow products. To get the best specials ever, go to MyPillow.com. 
or call 800-978-3057. Use promo code ERIC. You get the famous Giza Dream Sheets, queen size $59.98, king size $69.98. You'll also get 60% off the original My Slippers. So call 800-978-3057 or go to MyPillow.com, promo code ERIC. Folks, go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code ERIC. Great bargains, MyPillow.com, promo code ERIC. But we're not facing something we haven't seen before. We've just lived in this never-never land before COVID where we all just kind of had a group hug and sang another verse of Kumbaya. And God turned the lights on so that we could begin to differentiate and say, God, we're sorry for who we were. So I'm not asking anybody to do something that I haven't had to do that I'm doing every day. But this isn't new. The courage to engage the world around us with the transformational power of the gospel is the assignment of the church. It doesn't make you popular. But it does cause you to lay up great treasure in heaven. Now, we have to decide what we're working see, for. Isn't that the thing that most people, we've been living in an America where you didn't really have to decide. And the Lord has made things worse and worse and worse. He's allowed things to get worse and worse and worse to force us to decide, to yep. say, okay, you have to get off the fence. You, you can no longer sit on the fence. I'll say it again. The devil owns the fence. You're sitting on the fence and you think <laughs> this is safe. You're not. You're serving the devil by not choosing. And that's what the pastors in Germany thought, that we're just going to stay right here in the middle. we got these hotheads over here, Bonhoeffer from the Confessing Church, and they're willing to risk their lives. We, we don't feel that we need to do that. We can just be safe. We're going to be here. Nobody's going to bother me. Well, guess what? You are going to be bothered. And by the time you're bothered, it's going to be too late. There's nobody to stand for you. In the famous words of Martin Niemöller, that's where we are now. And, you know, when you said that we have cowardice, it's a funny thing that a lot of Christians seem to think that courage is extra credit. Like that's for the martyrs and for the, you know, that's an extra credit thing. And then right, it's like the last page or so of the Bible, who will be cast into the lake of fire? The cowardly. So if you are not courageous, you're not a Christian. Now let's think about this. Is this being preached that you have to have courage? How many churches are saying that everyone, if you actually claim to believe that the Bible is the Word of God, that Jesus is Lord, then you will have courage because you actually believe what the Bible says. You know the Lord's with you, and you're going to go with whatever He's going to— If you don't believe that, if you're not living like you believe that, then perhaps you don't believe it. Perhaps you don't have a saving faith because your saving faith will be manifested in courage. It will come naturally. Yeah. I tell you, that is a scary thing. People need to hear that. That's a scary thing. There's a component of that, though. You're the wordsmith, so if I'm not right, you correct me. It isn't just this notion of courage, because you can do courageous things while you're filled with fear. I think the real root of this is discouragement. That little prefix dis yes. means without. Yes. To be discouraged is yeah. to be without courage. Yes. And what do we hear most frequently across the landscape? Yeah. Pastors are discouraged. Yeah. Christians are discouraged. Yeah. Yes, they are. They're without courage. So wow. when the Bible says, be not afraid, be not discouraged, we, we, we may have some anxiety about what we're being asked to do, about where we're being asked to step, but we refuse to yield. And so we will push through that. I may not feel like this is fun. Who said it was easy to follow Jesus, that take up your cross thing? You'll be hated by all people because of me. They will imprison, they'll kill you. And they'll say they did a good thing. Following the Lord is difficult. We did easy last. Let's go difficult. Yeah. Do difficult now. But, 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 but let's really break it down. 
doing the difficult thing in the end is the easy thing. In yep. other words, if, if you do the difficult thing, a perfect example is exercise, right? If you're like 40 pounds, 100 pounds overweight, you go, oh, I can't even think about it. Listen, the first step is hard, but the Lord is with you. He will be with you. And the difficulty of exercising, I mean, you hear it over and over, no pain, no gain, no pain, no gain. You, you understand it with exercise, right, that I need to do something. That's it. But the irony, the paradox at the heart of God's creation is that when I do the hard thing, it becomes easier. This is the magic. Well, that applies to our characters as well. When you do the hard thing, don't be afraid because it'll get easier. You'll get stronger. You'll get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So this issue of character development, which we call discipleship, has not been preached in the churches. We don't talk about it. We talk about, like, are you saved? Good. Next, next, next. It's just about getting saved. It's like, no, getting saved, you're crossing the starting line. Now you get to live out your faith and get stronger and stronger in your in your uh, ability to be courageous, in your ability to stand, that's the way the Lord created reality that we live in. So it doesn't just apply to working out with weights or running. It applies to my soul. And that's called discipleship. And that's ultimately what we're talking about, right? If you want to live out your faith and be a disciple, you have to live it out. You don't just believe it in your head. You, you have to live it. It's kind of like saying, well, I exercise up here. No, you have to actually <laughs> exercise with, you know, you actually have to do it. And it's fascinating to me to think that we're, what we're talking about is so basic, make disciples. A lot of pastors, if they would simply preach in a way that they're trying to disciple their flocks, they would be talking about all this stuff. Absolutely. We've had the wrong attitude about our faith. We've, asked, we've used the line, you know, what's the minimum daily requirement so I can go to heaven? You know, how much time do I have to volunteer? How much money do I have to give? Here's the real biblical principle. You push your calendar in the middle of the table and say, God, my life is your life. Do I get any time back for me? But you've got it all. You push your, your resources into the middle of the table. God, they're all yours. You know, do I get any back to do some stuff with? We, we've had the completely wrong model. And, and we're going to be held accountable for it. If we don't tell the people the truth, it's on us. So I'm far more afraid of my boss than whoever the review t- team is. And the boss is the Lord of hosts, Amen. ladies and gentlemen. In case you're, you're, you're uh, scoring this at home, it's an amazing thing uh, what we're talking about because, and, and again, it's like Christians have to do this over and over and over again. We have to go back to the source, go back to where have we drifted? Where have we drifted? That's exactly what Luther was doing. Uh, that's exactly what Bonhoeffer was doing. And why would we think that we in the American church would be exempt? We've got a course correct. We've been drifting and drifting and drifting. We have to course correct. We have to be bold. Uh, we have to be strong. Uh, we have to be willing to be controversial or political or whatever it is because we have to obey God. And whoever got the memo that we don't have to do that, that was wrong. We, so we need to repent. Yes. And there's very little time to do that. Pastor Alan Jackson, thank you for being my guest. Uh, people can go to leadwithfaith.church if they want to be part of this conference, leadwithfaith.church. Pastor Alan Jackson, my friend, thank you. Thank you, Eric. Our God-given freedoms are facing unrelenting attacks. It's a battle for truth, and the only way we win is if we stand together. 
Thankfully, Alliance Defending Freedom has been defending our rights for 30 years and winning. Right now, they're involved in two critical cases before the Supreme Court. They're suing the FDA for endangering the health and safety of women and girls. And in the second case, they're assisting the state of Idaho to defend its law, protecting the lives of women and their unborn children against the Biden administration's attempt to override the law and force doctors to perform abortions. Think about it. They need your help. With your best gift, you courageously join ADF in fighting critical Supreme Court cases against government lawlessness and help defend our cherished freedoms. Call 855-385-0596 right now or go to metaxastalk.com. Click on the ADF banner, metaxastalk.com. With your help, I pledge to raise $35,000 by March 31st for ADF. Go to metaxastalk.com or call 855-385-0596 to make your best gift now. Hey, folks, welcome back. So today my guests were Tim Che and Brandon Gill. I've, I've talked about him earlier. He's running for Congress. He gives me hope for America. Brandon Gill, if you are inclined to donate to his campaign, and I hope some of you listening are, he's in Texas, 26th District for Congress. You can go to brandongillforcongress.com. Uh, if you're in Texas, Go to brandongillforcongress.com. Help him out. Uh, this is this is crucial. This is crucial. It's just uh, it's just important. Uh, we um, we want to reiterate uh, a few things. The Alliance Defending Freedom. We're doing a campaign with them, and I have said this in the past, and I'll say it again. Um, we need people to step up. The Alliance Defending Freedom. They're like our first line of defense, or is it the last line of defense? I don't know. They are fighting for religious liberty at the Supreme Court level. We're going to be having guests on from the Alliance Defending Freedom over the weeks ahead. But when you understand what they're doing, you think if they didn't exist, what would we do when when a court case comes up? Court case after court case after court case. We've talked about them on this program where you think this is a monstrosity, what, what they're doing to such and such a person or such and such a business. If it weren't for the Alliance Defending Freedom to step up pro bono, right? They're not in this for the money. They do this because they believe in America, they believe in religious liberty, uh, and they've got some of the finest lawyers imaginable working for them, fighting for our religious liberties. Um, and, and, and they defend people like our, our friend Jack Phillips of the Masterpiece uh, Cake Shop uh, in Colorado. He's been put through hell. And if it weren't for the Alliance Defending Freedom, folks, it could happen to you and your business. And it will happen to some of you. And you're going to say, where do I turn? Well, the Alliance Defending Freedom is there. They're just heroes. They're the real deal. There's no phoniness. There's, there's nothing in it for them. They just believe in America. They believe in liberty. Uh, and we need, if we claim to believe in liberty, we need to step up and help them out. Uh, please um, go to our website. It's metaxastalk.com. Again, it's just the radio website, Talk. Dot com and you'll see the banner up there but i but i've said this often in the past if there's anybody that can give fifteen thousand dollars and i know there's some folks listening this is as good a cause as it gets if you care about america if you care about saving the republic from the uh anarcho tyranny as john smirak has put it um it's it's a great cause the alliance defending freedom it really just doesn't get better so if you go to metaxastalk.com, you can donate there. But anybody 
who's able to give $15,000. And I know that's not many of you, but there are some of you out there. Uh, I want to offer myself uh, to spend an evening, to have dinner, uh, whatever context you, you get to pick it, you get to figure it out yourself. And I just give my time. Obviously I don't get anything out of it, except I get to meet people who care enough um, about the things that I care about. And almost always, that's a huge blessing for me uh, to get to spend an evening with people who care about these things. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, anybody who's able to do that, $15,000, of course, is tax deductible. And it's going to about as important a cause as it gets, the Alliance Defending Freedom. And um, you'd have to go to metaxastalk.com, as I say. But anybody who can give, they're asking people for $100, metaxastalk.com. Please uh, do that. Uh, we are in a war, I say this over and over again, for liberty. Uh, and if everybody doesn't put his shoulder to the wheel, every one of you, uh, we're not going to win. Every one of us has to be involved. Uh, it's not like let the other guys do it. This is it. This is for your family and your future. So go to metaxastalk.com. Let me remind you again, we have a Socrates event Thursday. Please go to socratesinthecity.com. You can live stream it, but you have to be a member of Socrates Plus. So go to socratesinthecity.com. Sign up for that. It's going to be with James O'Keefe. Very, very exciting. Um, anyway, we'll be back with more fun stuff. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.